Finally, things will start to lighten up a little bit for the Milwaukee Bucks as far as the schedule goes. I'm going to look ahead to the next week or so of basketball for a Bucks team suddenly under pressure in the standings. And we're also going to talk trades. I'm reading the YouTube comments. I'm listening to our viewers. And there is a growing sentiment that the Bucks need to make a trade. But who would they trade for? What position does this team need to boost on the road to the postseason? We're going to discuss that and more. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. Uh, right in solo for today's podcast, uh, but that's okay because there's plenty to discuss. And it all starts with a game against the Chicago Bulls tomorrow as I'm recording this podcast. Uh, first, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. I had a fascinating podcast yesterday where I broke down some of the numbers comparing the Bucks to the other contenders in the Eastern Conference and got some good feedback. Love the comments, love the reaction from Bucks fans, and uh, some people not too concerned, others very concerned. But either way, uh, I appreciate you all getting involved. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit the notifications, uh, and you'll know when we drop a new episode, uh, which we do do Monday to Friday, and sometimes randomly on the weekend. So if you're not subscribed, you won't know. So we absolutely appreciate that. As I said, the Bucks have got the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. And as far as the injury report states right here, this is a 7 p.m. Central Time tip for the Bulls. Lonzo Ball, obviously, he's been out for a while. Alex Caruso, and we might talk about Alex Caruso a bit later in this podcast. Alex Caruso, questionable. And I need to look at this screen a little closer. A right acromioclavicular sprain. And then afterwards, it says uh, concussion protocol. So I have no idea what that injury is. But Alex Caruso, questionable for this game. So is Javante Green. And Derek Jones Jr. is doubtful. Now, for the Bucs, it's a pretty small injury report, but certainly a concerning one. Obviously, Chris Middleton is still going to be out. Uh, Bud seems to think that he's going to be back sometime soon. But yeah, as we indicated on this show a while back, it did seem like this was almost a period of time to ensure that when he does come back next time, He's in good shape. He's in good health. And they're absolutely just not rushing Chris Middleton back to this team and probably didn't want him out there in those uh, competitive games against some of the best teams in the East if he wasn't 100% ready to do so on the road. So hopefully Chris Middleton's not far away. Drew Holiday surfaces on the injury report as well, probable with a left hamstring contusion. Uh, Hopefully it's nothing more serious than that with a hamstring. That's the last thing the Milwaukee Bucks need now. But as we pull up the schedule to look at over the next few games, the Bucks 22 and 11 on the season, but we know the last seven game stretch at least has been pretty brutal. So they get the Bulls tomorrow. Then they've got Minnesota, then a pair of games against Washington. Then they'll go north of the border to Canada to play Toronto, and then they'll get Charlotte. So this is a really good opportunity for this Bucks team. I spoke about 
where they sit. Obviously, offensively, they're in the bottom half of the league. Defensively, those numbers have slipped a little bit. Still ranking fifth, but the numbers have slipped a little bit based on some of those opponents they've played. Uh, But now, certainly as far as offensively go, these teams should help the Bucs' defensive numbers. You would want to hope so. Charlotte, the worst offense in the league. Washington are ranked 22nd, and the Bucs will get them twice in a row at home. The Bulls are 21st, and Minnesota 18th there. So they are not exactly playing powerhouses when it comes to offenses, and defensively, all those teams are in the bottom half of the league as well. So this is a really soft week or so of the schedule for a Bucs team that probably needed a little bit of a break and probably just needs to get its mojo back a little bit. They've clearly been beaten down over these last few games. So for the Bucs... Uh, if you're one of those people like me, probably that aren't overly concerned where the Bucks sit, uh, if they have a rough week or so here, um, yeah, it might be time to be concerned about this Bucks team. People are talking about trades, and I'm fascinated about this. Trade season is obviously one of our favorite parts of the year when we get to talk about the potential trades the Bucks would make. And uh, let's be honest, John Horst has been active. Some of them have worked really well, like PJ Tucker. Some of them probably haven't worked that well, like Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, who you know would be a guy that I'm sure the Bucks would love to have in the rotation right now with a bit more size and versatility at the guard position. He's been doing some decent things for Golden State. Of course, we understand why they made that trade to bring in Serge Ibaka when there was no certainty about Brook Lopez. But I think out of all the trades we've seen, that would have to be one that you would look back on and say that hasn't worked out for the Bucks with DiVincenzo in Golden State and the Bucks needing a guard, which I'm going to get to in just a little bit after I talk about our friends over at Price Picks, sponsors of the show. If you aren't aware of Price Picks, it's daily fantasy made easy. And all you have to do is pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Pretty simple formula. The over and under, whether it's Giannis, it might be points, rebounds, assists. It's pretty easy to do. And if you don't want to do this uh, playing basketball, you can do it with... NFL, they even have boxing, disc golf. I don't know how. I don't know how that works. Euro basketball, cricket. There's cricket on in Melbourne right now. Uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. With the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Price Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Price Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's Price Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Also, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski. He's going to run you through all the sports news of the day and everything that's going on uh, around the world with the help of local experts. Uh, myself, sometimes I'm there talking bucks. So check out Locked On Sports Today after you're done with Locked On Bucks. But let's talk trade. So I think the sentiment, and it's been uh, pretty strong coming through that there is from Bucks fans at least, an understanding that the Bucks are in a holding pattern with Chris Middleton. Now, I do think, and I've said this before on this podcast, I do think that people quickly forget what he can do for this team or what he has done for this team. 
he's always been a bit of a scapegoat for stupid reasons as far as I'm concerned. But I still think even when you add Chris Milton, there is room for this offense to improve. Now, I've been pretty hesitant for most of the season, I would say, with the Grayson Allen trade stuff because mostly because I, I value Grayson Allen shooting on a team that doesn't have great shooters and historically hasn't had great shooters. So when I see a guy like Grayson Allen have a series like he did against the Chicago Bulls, and no, he wasn't great against Boston, but nobody was. I see that there is value in what he can be for this team, and I understand why the Bucks wanted Grayson Allen on this team. And the one thing I've said with the defensive stuff, it's never been a lack of effort. Sometimes you see these guys that can't defend. They look like they're completely clueless. That's not the case. But in a matchup like the Boston one, there's just some physical limitations, particularly if the Bucks are going to continue to allow him to be picked on with executing those switches. And I don't think it was just Grayson Allen the other night, by the way. But the thing that actually probably concerned me more was that he just wasn't able to get any shots up. Boston are big. We know that. They're long. They were also switched defensively. And they were really messing up a lot of the stuff that the Bucs wanted to do. Even though they scored 118 points, I don't think it was an easy 118. It felt like the Bucs really had to work hard for it. And a lot of the times, Grayson Allen was just getting chased off the three-point line. It's interesting. I was having a conversation with our great friend, Derek Name, writer for The Athletic. You should definitely check out his work about Grayson Allen. And we were both sort of in agreement that, as I just stated, I think that there is a role here on this team. But I think there is one thing that, that lets Grayson Allen down. He, he's not as aggressive looking for his shot as he should be. He's a, pretty, he's a pretty smart player. And honestly, he's a pretty unselfish player. And a lot of those guys that you need to be those outside shooters, those gunners for these teams. They need to have a little bit of selfishness in the way they shoot the ball. I don't think Grayson Allen gets his shot off quickly. And when the Bucs played Boston last year in the postseason, all of Allen's shots were wide open. So I'm not sure whether it's the lack of Chris Middleton in the lineup, the lack of other threats on the three-point line. They really focused in on Grayson Allen, but... That would be my concern moving forward, and I'm, I'm curious to see how he looks against other teams, and obviously the Bucs will play Boston again in the regular season. Because I, I understand the concerns defensively, but if he also can't get his shots off on the other end of the floor, then I agree. It's difficult It's difficult to play him in a series. But if you traded out Grayson Allen, the guy that's effectively playing 20 minutes per night, I am of the opinion that the Bucs need a guard. Uh, I think they need a two. I don't think they get enough offense generated from the guard position. George Hill obviously isn't, at this point in his career, going to be a big factor as a scorer or facilitator, really. He's just kind of an organizer when he gets his minutes. Javon Carter, who I know everyone loves, and I love him too. He's been a, a great pickup for this team so far this year because we know everything that he does defensively. Of course, he had that really fun you know, 37-point night, whatever it was. But I think we've also seen against the best teams, he can't he can't generate anything offensively. And he wasn't alone against Boston. But the only thing he can really get to on the offensive end is dribbling into a mid-range jump shot, which, you know, is the Bucks offense firing on all cylinders if Javon Carter's just shooting mid-range jump shots? I don't think so. So he's still very valuable to this team for what he can do defensively. 
he's not going to have the size to defend Tatum or Brown, but he can do a job harassing Marcus Smart all night long, which is very, very valuable. So Carter is a valuable player for this team. Don't get me wrong. But I still think there's room at the guard position for this offense to get juiced up a little bit. And I don't know who are the guys out there that would really help. I know Jordan Clarkson is a guy that's been spoken about a lot. Now, he is someone that has that unconscious gunner-style offensive arsenal that I'm just going to take every single shot and I'm going to get you 35 points in the postseason game. Defensively, obviously, there's he's never been an elite defender. So I can see, you know, I could talk myself into that. The other guy that keeps coming up is Alex Caruso with Chicago. Now, as I mentioned, he's got some some injury stuff going on at the moment and he hasn't exactly been the most healthy player in recent years. And he's not exactly going to juice up the offense as I've described. But what he would do is be an absolute terror defensively. So I think there's two ways of going about this. It's just my opinion. I think they need a guard. And, and you either get someone that can really score the ball or you get someone that's going to continue to amplify the defensive strengths of this team, which I think Alex Caruso could do. Uh, now, by the way, the reason why I don't think Caruso will happen, if people remember, there was a little incident between Grayson Allen and Alex Caruso last year. And I just can't, I can't bring myself to picture the Bulls trading for Grayson Allen and the fan reaction that he would get if he went to the United Center to play basketball. So I'm not sure, but... We're going to start to see over the next month some more names come on the market that might be potentially available for trade. I hear everyone when they say they, the Bucks need a wing, they need more defense. I, I'm just not buying it. I think the Bucks do have the size and they do have the guys. Chris Milton obviously will come back into this team. There's another guy with size. You know, Joe Ingles is really just getting himself prepared. And they've got Marjan Bochamp if they want to have another 6'7 defender that can guard a couple of positions there. So I actually don't think the Bucs are lacking for size. You hear people say, well, they need the toughness. I think this is a pretty tough team. I, I don't... Like, there's nothing about Jay Crowder. And again, I, who knows? Maybe the Bucs end up with Jay Crowder and we'll see. But there's nothing that, that I look at Jay Crowder and think, well, yep, that's what the Bucs need to defend Durant. That's what they need to defend Jason Tatum. I, I just don't see it. I don't think that's the type of move the Bucs need to make. I think... Uh, I. I think they are lacking a guard, mostly because there are concerns about the guy that starts most nights at the two-guard spot. Where is he going to sit in the postseason? I'm still relatively optimistic about Grayson Allen, but there's no doubt it was a dent in my optimism. There was a dent put in my optimism watching the Boston Celtics game the other day. And I understand why people point to to him in terms of this lineup here. I also understand why people go to betonline.net because it's the number one source for all your sports betting needs and requirements now James Harden I spoke about this a little bit yesterday will James Harden play for the Philadelphia 76ers at the start of the 2023-2024 NBA season yes minus 180 no plus 140 so there is obviously some reports that have come out in the last few days that suggest he might go back to Houston which is uh, pretty bizarre to think about the idea of James Harden back in Houston but you can find those odds, and there's plenty there for James Harden and all other professional and amateur leagues out there from football and uh, basketball and soccer and all these other sports. So if you uh, need the odds, the info, the stats, the news and analysis, 
BetOnline.net is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. So I had a quote here from Eric Names' post-game report, and this was regarding the Bucks offense attacking the Celtics. And Giannis said, we haven't grown. We lost the game, so we still got to work on it. We're not good at it. Got to go back, work on it, watch the tape. Try to improve. Try to figure out ways to score the ball. Try to be effective against them. Try to figure out ways to play against the switch. So the Boston Celtics switching everything. The Bucs were slow to get into their half-court offense. As I referenced yesterday, the Bucs sit around 18th or 19th in the league for half-court offense. It's uh, it's not great. And clearly we've discussed that you know, they'll, they'll, they should be better with Chris Milton in the lineup. And with Javon Carter playing so many minutes, I've expressed that I don't think that helps the half-court offense. He's a little bit slower to get into the action. And ultimately, then it's left to Giannis to try and do it all. So, again, I think this offense needs to be juiced up a little bit. I think the Celtics are a rare team that provides unique problems. And that's why they are a great team. And that's why they're probably going to be one of the teams that are in the way for the Bucs getting to the NBA Finals this year. But I'm very fascinated to hear what all our listeners think about, whether it's a guard, a wing, a big man. I'll put a poll up on the YouTube channel and everyone can dive in and have a look and uh, give me their thoughts because I do think that I'm in the minority in terms of someone who wants to add a guard to this roster if there is a trade to be made. Uh, One other point I would say with this, and everyone knows that obviously I love Joe Ingles, but uh, I did see it referenced that he has got a $6.5 million salary. So this was something I brought up when Joe Ingles came back to the lineup before Christmas, I said, well, this at least gives the Bucs two months to have a look at Joe and see whether they think he can be an impact player. Now, I I don't think they're going to trade Joe, but if something drastic happened where the Bucs really needed to go all in on a trade and put some salary together, you you got around the 10 million with Grayson Allen, then you would have a 6.5-ish there. Uh, with Joe Ingles as well. Then you've got Jordan Moore, George Hill, these types of guys. So they can put together a decent salary package potentially for a trade, uh, but time will tell there. And then Joe Ingles, obviously a little bit of a watch. I still think he's going to be here all season. That would be my bet. Uh, but it was brought up by one of the listeners, and I think it's uh, it's certainly noteworthy bringing this up. Another thing that was brought up was the Bucks' future draft picks, whether it was a 2029 first. So uh, I've expressed this before. This is a Bucks team that is on the precipice of having major changes in the offseason with Chris Middleton having a player option for next year, Brooke Lopez being a free agent, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of the older guys probably aren't going to be back next year. Now, I would bet the way Brooke Lopez has played that he'll be back. I would bet Chris Middleton will be back. But there is something to be said that the Bucks need to win the title this year in terms of maximizing what this group's been able to achieve. If you put that salary together, maybe you need to use a first-round pick to entice someone to make a move. I'm just fascinated to see the approach the Bucs have to this trade season. I think they'll make trades. John Horst is a trader. He likes making moves. He likes getting stuff done at the trade deadline. But I think that we'll have a fair idea about the sense of urgency from this organization based on what they do nearing the trade deadline. So I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited for these next few games because hopefully the Bucs can get back on the winner's list and start to just uh, you know, 
keep that keep that edge up near the top uh, one or two teams in the East because you've got Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philadelphia coming really, really hard. And if the Bucks, hey, if they lose a few of these games that they shouldn't, they could actually find themselves in fifth in the East in pretty, pretty quick, smart time. So hopefully they'll be able to get on track. One last thing before I leave. Look at this tweet from Frank Madden. So Eric tweeted that he went to Rocky Rococo's today, which is Frank Madden's Wisconsin office. Camille was there. Justin Garcia was there. So you had the whole locked on Bucks family. Of course, I didn't know anything about this. And if Eric was a true friend, he would have flown me out to Milwaukee for this. There's no doubt about that. And Frank said, mostly this was served as a support group for people who have to deal with Kane Pittman multiple times per week, which reminds me, thank you to all you, the listeners, for putting up with me multiple times per week as well, because you do deserve some sort of award or medal for being able to actually stand my voice and my rambling day in, day out. But I absolutely appreciate it. Make sure you jump in the comments, get involved with today's show, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, do all those types of things. And for those that follow me on Twitter, you may have noticed that I tweeted a post-game Christmas Day podcast from last year today. And I I started getting all these notifications and I just thought that people saw my tweet from last year and just were randomly liking it. I, I didn't know what was going on. But then I found out, no, it was actually tweeted on my timeline. The only thing I can possibly think about is that I must have scheduled the tweet last year but put the different, a wrong year on. And it just randomly has been sitting in my drafts ready to tweet until today. So, yeah, unfortunate error on my part there. But uh, shout out to all those people that commented and told me there was something wrong with me because you're not far off the mark. There is definitely something wrong with me. Hopefully, there's nothing wrong with the Bucks. though. I look forward to watching them tomorrow, Bucks and Bulls. We should have some sort of show after. I do have a family thing tomorrow, so I probably won't be able to do the post-game podcast, but uh, hopefully... One of the gang, once they get over their pizza coma, can do something uh, for Locked On Bucks, but we appreciate it. We'll be back Thursday, Friday. Absolutely, that's for sure. Until then, stay safe. I'll speak to you guys later.